What is up team, welcome back. Today we are digging into the training differences between men and women. So really when it comes to gender differences in training, you'll, you'll hear two different things. A, if women train like men, they'll get overly muscled and bulky, they'll just get stupid jacked. B, women and men should train exactly the same. Women are basically just like tiny men, um, which I imagine is pretty offensive, I don't know. Um, so the question is, who to believe? So today's episode gives you clarity on how to train properly for you in order to build the physique that you want. So the first difference between men and women when it comes to training is muscle distribution. So proportionally more of men's muscle mass is gonna be in the upper body, well, women typically have a proportionately greater amount of muscle mass on their lower body. So although women and men have a very similar ability to increase strength and muscle mass relative to their starting point, men start the process with much more upper body musculature than women and thus often have a higher quote unquote ceiling to how muscular their upper bodies can get. Um, this means the idea that women will grow bulky or manly upper body by upper bodies by strength training is pretty damn inaccurate man or woman an extremely muscular body takes years of focused effort on well basically getting a jacked upper body it doesn't happen unintentionally and it doesn't happen overnight and straight up it's probably harder to achieve for women and this is uh, something that comes up on calls quite often, I would say, um, with new clients is like, well, the biggest thing is I don't want to get a crazy jacked upper body. And like, <laughs> straight up, I've been trying to get a crazy jacked upper body and it hasn't happened yet. Um, this also kind of speaks to why typically men are going to be more drawn towards upper body training and, um, women are typically gonna enjoy, enjoy lower body training more. Just because again, we have dis men disproportionately have more, or proportionally have more upper body mass, muscle mass, women proportionally have more lower body mass. So straight up, we're <laughs> typically just drawn to what we're better at. Like, and this is where the stereotype of the dude that skips leg day, honestly, this is probably a big part of where it comes from. Like shit, when I first started training, that was me for a long ass time. And straight up, <laughs> the thing that got me to start training lower body was when I met my girlfriend, Katie. And I remember her telling me she could squat like 250. And I was like, damn, I, <laughs> I have no idea how much you can squat. I haven't trained legs in years. Um, long time ago. But regardless, um, <laughs> that's the main first main difference that we need to be aware of. So next, and the, really the biggest thing to take from that again is like, if in either case, women are very capable of building a strong, defined, and really I would say probably you're capable of with consistent dedication building nearly as much muscle as you want on your upper body. Same thing for dudes with lower body. Um, it's by no means an excuse to not train upper body or lower body and just always do what you're good at. Just realize that this is kind of why it feels like you're starting a bit behind where you would like to typically. But again, everyone is capable of building a great physique that they're proud of and they feel supremely confident in. Next, we have hormones. So women usually have a lot more of the hormone estrogen than men. Now estrogen helps muscular repair and recovery, meaning that most women can handle both more volume, aka number of hard sets in a training session and can train muscle groups more frequently. 
men usually have a lot more of the hormone testosterone, which means that men usually start out with more muscle. Now, hormonal fluctuations also mean that many women will experience more fluctuations with how they feel showing up to a training session across the month, while men will experience very little variation here. So really the biggest thing to take away from this is anecdotally, well not as anecdotally because we literally know that estrogen helps muscle repair and recovery, um, but basically we know that women can typically handle a little bit more training volume. And this is definitely like where the art of coaching comes in. I will see over and over, and I know Andrea sees the same thing with our advanced, more intermediate to advanced clients, women, like the amount of volume that you can typically handle and not overshoot your MRV, your maximum recoverable volume, but actually still keep making solid progress, it is a good amount higher than almost all of the men we work with. And that's even like programming for many of my clients. This is often something that I have to remember because I'm looking at often like a, one of the clients that I'm working with is training. And of course I'm breaking out form videos so I know her execution is on point, effort is on point. But oftentimes, like programming for the more intermediate to advanced women, I'll think, like, damn, I don't know if this amount of volume that I would I would want to do, I'd be racked by the end of this. But again, it is interesting to see like women are much better able to handle like when we're getting I like I know for me personally, a lot of times with like a lower body day, I can get a great amount of stimulus and uh, with two to four sets for most movements. Whereas, and really like four sets being towards the latter end of the training, I would say like most of my last couple weeks of training before I deload are like three to four sets, more threes than fours on most of my movements. Whereas, and I'm smoked. Whereas, and again, like these are clients that we're auditing to make sure execution is on point, effort is on point, and to make sure they're making consistent progress. Whereas a lot more women can typically get closer to the four and five sets, and that's actually needed to continue to push forward the amount of progress that they want. So it's very interesting because again, like fatigue feels pretty similar, but women can do a little bit more to achieve the same amount of fatigue. Now from there, we have muscle fiber differences. So men usually have more type two, quote unquote, fast twitch fibers and higher glycolytic capacity meaning men can better use glucose to fuel short explosive bouts. Now the downside of this is quicker fatigue and longer recovery times after said explosive bouts. Now, women tend to have more type one quote unquote slow twitch fibers and greater capillary density. So type one fibers are better at breaking down both carbs and fat. Greater capillary density means an improved ability to get blood to a muscle and clear metabolites. So basically think the stuff that builds up in your muscles when you quote unquote feel the burn. Women also have larger stores of intramuscular fat. Now this paired with the type one fibers ability to break down fat means that women are often burning more fat and less glycogen training versus men. In turn, Perceived effort of an exercise, which is tied in closely with how much glycogen you have available, is lower for women, and it takes longer to stall out. So basically, women generally fatigue slower and recover quicker, but are a little bit less explosive. Men generally are more explosive, but fatigue quicker 
and recover slower. Women are better at doing higher reps than men and can do more reps at a given percentage of their one rep max versus what men can typically do. So again, and this really speaks to as well what I was discussing earlier about the overall volume that men versus women are typically doing and why women can typically handle a little bit higher volume than men can because straight up you are typically able to fatigue slower and you're able to recover quicker. Um, so it makes sense that you would typically be able to follow us uh, higher volume style of training and even like from the fact that um, you fatigue slower and you can do more reps with uh, any given percentage of your one rep max, it makes sense that women would need to do a little bit higher volume um, and this isn't necessarily something that's scientifically proven, just what I'm hypothesizing. Women would be able to handle a little bit higher volume, whereas men would tend to push sets a little bit closer to failure. So while not able to recover from volume, just due to a fact that men can do less reps with any given percentage of one rep max, so likely they're probably going to be able to get closer to failure easier, um, or quicker, I should say, not necessarily easier. So it would make sense that men, while doing a little bit less volume, would also be pushing the intensity a little bit more. Um, so thus, like lower volume would be matched to a higher volume of a woman that was doing more reps, more volume, but slightly less intensity. Hopefully that makes sense. Next, we have anatomy. So there's the Q angle. So women tend to have wider hips than men and thus a greater quote unquote Q angle, which is a measurement of the angle between the quad muscles and the patella tendon. So basically an increased Q angle results in a tendency for the knees to cave in during hip flexion. So basically think um, bending at the hips. And this really typically results in many women being more quad dominant. I know we've had many women start online coaching that are scared to train lower body movements because something like whenever I train lower body, only my thighs or my quads grow and not my glutes or hamstrings. Now the reality is this can likely at least partially be blamed on the Q angle. Now, fortunately, I found that this is always something that's fixable with proper exercise selection and execution. Um, very much like one, we know, okay, uh, your quads, you tend to be very quad dominant in your back squat, for example. So why don't we plug in instead a rear foot elevated split squat? And we're going to have you take a large forward lean here. You're going to initiate the movement by pushing the hips back. You're going to keep your shin vertical. You're going to drive your weight through the front heel on the way up. All of a sudden, that squat pattern is going to become... And here we're considering squat and lunge interchangeable. That squat pattern is suddenly going to become a movement that whereas before built your um, quads a lot, now it's really going to build glutes and hamstrings to an extent. So very much like while there are things like the Q angle, understanding biomechanics, just the basic of, basics of biomechanics and how we can tweak exercises to make them more focused on glutes, hamstrings versus quads. I have never seen a situation where we couldn't like, and again, it just, we know that, okay, your quads are basically going to uh, interact with knee flexion and knee extension. So like in that movement that I just described, there's a lot more hip flexion going on there than there is knee flexion. So it's gonna be a lot more what muscles are primarily working on 
um, hip flexion, hip extension, it's really going to be your glutes and hamstrings. So like with a basic understanding and smarter exercise selection and execution, this is something that's very easily avoidable. Um, so if you are someone who is naturally very quad dominant, don't worry. <laughs> with some smart tweaks to the way you're executing movements, and honestly, likely some substitutions to how you're currently training is very easily flex fixable. Next, we have flexibility. So women are generally much more flexible than men and more often hypermobile than men as well. Now, really, if you're someone that's lacking flexibility or mobility, I would argue the best way to um, improve that is simply training variations of squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull. You can train pain-free through a full range of motion. And over time, that range of motion will increase. For example, if you have very tight hamstrings, consistently training your Romanian deadlift through your maximum um, safe range of motion that you can execute with good form is going to quote unquote stretch out your hamstrings. You'll eventually have better hamstring flexibility. Now on the flip side, if you're someone that is hypermobile, so for example, a woman that is hypermobile, then often it comes down to building strength and stability and you as a coach being aware or coaching the client through where the end of that client's safe range of motion stops. And then as we build strength through the safe range of motion, the client becomes more stable, then hypermobility also isn't a problem. So very interesting how we can kind of look at that from both spectrums, but either way, the answer is basically um, smart training through the full range of motion that you can't control while still without putting the joints in like a compromising position. From there, we have exercise selection. Now, this is generally where the biggest difference lies in how we program for clients. Well, it's really not that different, I think it's also stupid to say that everyone should train exactly the same. Generally, women and men have different muscles that they want to build or avoid building. And we need to take this into consideration when building clients' programs. So men typically want more focus on quads, chest, biceps, and traps, meaning that with both your metric-based lifts, and I would actually, I would say as a whole, our metric-based lifts are typically going to be variations of a knee dominant movement, a hinge, a push, and a pull. But within these variations, you'd likely focus on more, like for example, a high bar squat variation, which is gonna be more quad dominant, and let's say horizontal presses, which are gonna be more chest focused. Now in your auxiliary movements, Again, we focus on more on the desired muscle group. So for example, here we might work in like, hey, you're gonna do, all right, dude, you're gonna do leg extensions twice per week. We're gonna vary, we're gonna undulate rep ranges across the week. You're gonna work in some cable crossovers um, and some trucks. Whereas women typically want more focus on glutes, shoulders, hamstrings, and back. And not always, but often less focus on traps and quads. So what this means is in your primary movements, okay, maybe like if you're someone who has, like we talked about before, really struggle with, okay, my quads always get really jacked. Um, I struggle to really get much out of my glutes and hamstrings. Okay, maybe even with your squat variations, again, we're gonna make that a more balanced movement, one that's a little bit less quad dominant. Now, we're still gonna work in some horizontal pressing to touch on the chest, but if you don't care at all about getting jacked pecs, um, 
okay, why don't we assign that? I know you mentioned you really want to focus more on delts. So why don't we, instead of like adding volume via cable crossovers, we're probably just going to assign more volume to your delts. Um, and I think all that makes sense. So the biggest takeaways from this episode for you. First, proportionally more of men's muscle mass in the upper body. Well, women's muscle mass is proportionally greater in the lower body. Next, women generally fatigue slower and recover quicker, but are less explosive. Men generally are more explosive, but fatigue quicker and recover slower. Women are better at doing higher reps than men and can do more reps at a given percentage of their one rep max than men. And due to better ability to recover and lower fatigue, women can likely benefit from more volume, aka hard sets, both in a training session, across a mesocycle, and across a macro cycle of training. Now, all that said, the fundamentals of smart programming are universal to men and women alike. We're going to focus on primarily progressing variations of knee dominant movements, hip dominant movements, push, pull from there, we'll add in volume via isolation work and accessory movements to bring up weak points or muscles that you want to put a specific focus on. We're probably going to end most sets with one to three reps left in the tank. We're going to push you to rest one to three minutes between most of your sets. And over time, we want to see you getting stronger in the five to 30 rep range. So again, while there are definitely some genders differences, it's dumb to say that women are just little men or that everyone should train the same. There are still some principles that apply universally. Now, if you're a man or a woman who's been trying to figure out the perfect training program for you for years, and you feel like you've never really nailed it, you've always been spinning your wheels, you've never been able to see the progress with your physique that you want, despite working your ass off in the gym, hit the link in the show notes to apply for coaching with our team. We'll take you through a very in-depth call, have you fill out a questionnaire, a movement screen. We literally spend hours crafting the perfect program for you to finally achieve the physique that you want. So if you're ready to stop spinning your wheels, if you're ready to stop waiting to finally achieve that body that you've literally wanted for years, but might not have gotten very much closer to in shit months to years, Again, hit the link in the show notes, quit wasting your time, and apply to work with our team. So, as of now, that is what I have for y'all. As always, thank you for tuning in.